0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I want to make two observations for us this morning, two observations from our readings, two things I want to invite us to chew on. First is this. So you got Moses in this first reading in Deuteronomy giving his, spare, his farewell speech to the Israelites, this people whom he's led through the desert. They're standing on the brink of the promised land, and he's enumerating them to them the law. He's going through the law. He's, he's reminding them of where they've come from, what they've experienced, where all that whole situation in Egypt. He's saying to them, if you would be free, if you would maintain this freedom, if you would know happiness and joy and flourishing, then surrender to the Lord. Right? Let the Lord's law be inscribed in your hearts. Follow the law and the commandments. They are for your freedom. They are for your good. Right? Guardrails on a highway, on a curvy mountain road are not oppressive. They are very good. They are for your good. They keep you free. Right? That's what the law is. He's saying, I place before you the way of life and prosperity, and I place before you the way of death and doom. And you are free, he's saying, you're free to choose other gods, you're free to ignore the laws, you're free to reject the Lord. But you're not free of the consequences that will ensue if you make that choice, right? You are free to pluck a flower from the earth, but you are not free to determine whether or not that flower eventually shrivels up and dies. That's what he's saying. Here's what I want us to notice, how absolutely staggering... It is that Moses has to say, after saying all of what he said, after laying all of this out, he still has to say to these thick-headed people, choose life. He has to encourage them, choose the life path, choose the prosperity path. He has to say to them, choose life. I don't think you're as impressed by that as I am, I guess, this morning. Okay, well, maybe it'll hit you later. All right. We are not totally corrupt like Martin Luther taught. We're not totally corrupt like he thought, but we are incredibly compromised. Remember St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, he says, I do not do the good that I want, the, good, or the evil that I do not want, that is what I do. Like Our will has been so bent by sin, our hearts have been so wounded to prefer counterfeit goods. We are constantly running after fool's gold. We have such a penchant for choosing things that are only apparently good, right? Comfort, choosing apparent goods, choosing immediate gratification rather than eternal reward, eternal life, right? There's something insane about it. There's something insane about it. I know I don't want this thing. I know that every time I've chosen this thing, it leaves me feeling miserable. I know this thing is wrong and evil. I know that I will feel terrible afterwards. I'm going to choose this thing anyway, right? We don't have to raise hands, but I don't think I'm the only one in the church today, right? All right, who, who does this? Here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. When we lift up this first reading and hold it to the light of the gospel we just heard from, from Luke, it seems as though there's a contradiction, right? There seems there's a I guess here's the second point. Here's the second observation. In the gospel, Jesus seems to be saying the opposite of Moses. Right? Moses says, choose life. In the gospel, it seems like Jesus is saying, choose death, choose the cross. Right? What's going on here? This is the paradox. Right here, this is the paradox at the heart of discipleship. Because what appears as death is actually life, and what appears as life is actually death. Right? It seems logical to hold on to one's time to hoard possessions and accumulate more money and resources. It seems logical to extend, to not extend yourself too much to other people, right? Because after all, you've got to look after yourself. It seems smart to avoid suffering at all costs. It seems logical to not be so reckless and prodigal with your love. It seems logical that you should be careful about how much forgiveness you dole out. It seems prudent to not let people get that close to you because you could get hurt, right? It would seem, in the view of the world, that the most important person to take care of is yourself, to prioritize yourself, to think about your happiness, all of those things, right? When the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself first. This would all seem to be logical. This would all seem to be the thing that makes sense, Choosing life, but whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whatever loses my, his life for my sake will save it. So here's what, here's, what I want us to, here's what I want us to notice again this morning, that the path that's being marked out for us by Jesus this Lent is to choose the cross, It's to prefer the cross in all things, to lean into the discomforts that life brings your way, and there's plenty of them, to lean into suffering, to lean into the moments of being misunderstood, being overlooked, being misrepresented, to lean into the moments of persecution, to lean in and follow your Lord right there. And you'll discover as you lean into the cross, as you lean into what feels like absence, what feels like loss, what feels like deprivation, you will discover that you're leaning into him who is already there. Waiting, right? You're leaning into love. You're leaning into communion and intimacy. You're leaning actually into, paradoxically, life himself. So let us choose life by choosing the cross. Amen.